because uh, we're probably not gonna have a housekeeping to. Yeah, true, true. To deal with it this but, month. I mean, like literally, the, you know, I know he said he's gonna do all these executive orders. He's gonna rejoin the Paris, uh, you know, climate deal. Climate accord, and, yeah. And all this stuff, but like, it's like the, the just the bare minimum. I mean, it's literally just platitudes, right? Like, he's just saying stuff. He gave a speech, and everyone's like, "Yes, America." Wait, did you read my comment on my status yet, or no? On what status? The one that uh, our mutual friend commented on. Oh no, I didn't. Oh, that's hilarious because it mentions both platitudes and the bare minimum. Uh, <laughs> oh. It's, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, no, it, it, it is upsetting. I mean, I, I, you know, I said it multiple times already. Just, you have so many people who are like, oh, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Biden. I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Biden. And now, today, they're the happiest in the world that, that you know, listen, I don't get to say how they get to feel about a woman being vice president. That's not my, that's not my jam. But I, you know, I think I do have a say in just both of their history regarding people of color. This, you know. Yep. Dude, literally, I listened to the speech. I made sure I was sober for it, and I didn't even bother. You know, but... that, uh, don't, don't. It, that was. I was honestly just watching to see if there was going to be any uh, assassination attempts. Yeah. <laughs> just see how how that would go. I was like, all right, come on. Why why pay for HBO Max when I have this? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's just like, was anyone else moved to tears? Or you know, this is the greatest moment of my lifetime. Like, oh my god. Like, Jesus, man. It's not. It's another success for capitalism, for corporate-owned politicians who are war hawks, and it's a bunch of people saying that they're going to be fine with whatever Biden and Harris administration does so long as they're not mean while they do it. Lock yep. up as many black people as you have to, um, shoot as many in the streets, send the National Guard on the on the protesters that are going to come from. And it's just good. It, you know, they, they said it was going to be the Obama administration all over again, so it's going to be. You know, yep. he's going to say all the right things, and then, you know people of color be damned you know we'll hire a person they're they're the first trans person to ever hold a cabinet position uh is in the biden administration but you know i want to see what's actually done I, i'm tired they had j-lo perform they had lady gaga perform the best part was garth brooks performing just because i knew it would make conservative heads explode that was the best part. that is pretty hilarious they did that but you know but but other than that like listen if if in the first hundred days joe biden cancels student debt fucking does you know joins the green new deal and you know they put medicare for all to a vote on the floor all right i'll fucking admit i was wrong and the guy you know maybe he will be uh, the greatest presence in the fdr but i highly doubt it's gonna happen so i'm more than happy to prove i'm fucking wrong i wish I, I i hope i hope as hard as i can that we are both wrong and we're just cynical fucking assholes yeah that are just jaded i i honestly hope that because sometimes i feel that way that what am i missing that other people are proud to be americans that that another racist rapist war hawk was elected to the presidency because they want to go back to brunch man you know it's That's just it. easier to to be able to just not think about this stuff anymore it, it makes life a lot easier you know and trump didn't allow people to do that no they all had to be aware it, he was he was so beneficial in that way that people had to be aware of what the president was doing at all times and you know they're not going to be aware they're not going to care and biden's going to do some monstrous shit behind the scenes start yeah. at least one new war i was gonna say how much you want to bet he starts a war it's, it's gonna happen oh, you, you have to it's it's the united states playbook the civil ba basically 
the labor movement was put on hold, meaning that working class people fighting against the upper class in order for better wages and working conditions, in order to improve the quality of life for the majority of Americans, was put on hold when the Civil War happened because everybody was supposed to, quote unquote, unite and 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 help each other and and, you know, be patriots and care about the country over themselves. And since then, that's what it's always been. War is profitable. And, and that's it. And it keeps us too distracted to, to fight for ourselves. Yep. You know, against against the real enemies, the capitalists and stuff. And uh, we don't have any new reviews this week. So uh, I think we'll just bring it into the theme song. You ready for it? I'm ready. All right, theme. Come on in, buddy. Welcome back to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. the Soy Boy pseudo-intellectual, and sitting in the co-host seat, as always, is my man, Ty. Hey, what's up? All right, dude, I am looking forward to reviewing this movie today. I was looking forward to it, then I watched it, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was hesitant. And now after learning a little bit more, I, I'm looking forward to it again. I'm looking forward to the, to this dialogue. This may very well be the, the, the most rich dialogue that you and I have had on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I want to honestly say that this movie is probably one of the worst films I've ever seen. One of them. All right. Top five worst films you've ever seen. Uh, the worst would be The Last Airbender. That's fair. Uh, what's that one M. Night Shyamalan with the trees trying to kill everyone? The Happening? The Happening? Probably this one. The Sixth Sense. What? The Sixth uh, Sense The is Village. Great. Um, I'm just naming M. Night Shyamalan flicks. Oh, okay. You, did, you, you had two on your list. <laughs> all right, all right. So you said, um, she said Avatar? No, sorry. It's not Avatar. It's, it's the, the Last, last Airbender. Airbender. The Happening. Idiocracy. <laughs> Idiocracy. And, uh, Wonder Woman 84, is that on there yet? Or no? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely top 10, so maybe. <laughs> if not, probably Man. Justice League. Well, what did you know about the movie before uh, before you watched it? Um, I knew, so when I worked at King Cullen many, many moons ago, my dairy manager told me to watch this movie like every day. Because he said, the world's becoming idiocracy. You got you to gotta fucking see it. You'll, you'll understand where the world's going. And like I was just like, all right. So I knew it was about... Uh, a world in which people have been dumbed down severely, and one man uh, wakes up and he's the smartest man in the world, and that's all I knew about it. By default, yeah. Okay, so so that's pretty much it. Um, now I I had never heard of this film. It was shown to me by a friend of mine in college, and I thought it was really funny at the time, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Um, this was I think my second year <laughs> at uh, at school. Um. And and that was it. And I, I just remember being one of those people who, like, I saw it online when... So what you have to know is that this movie came out in 2006. So the movie was on hold by 20th Century Fox for a couple years after it had been created. They had a couple of small releases. I don't think it ever got its its wide uh, national release, but um, I do have an article in the show notes where you can check it out and see specifically. And, uh, what a shame. <laughs> I know, right? And this was... um. 
this came back into the zeitgeist as Donald Trump announced his uh, his candidacy for president of the United States in 2015. And then as he actually started getting momentum, I think 2016, a bunch of people said, it's idiocracy. It's just like that because uh, you have a bunch of people who just care about uh, – just care about appearances and they'll vote for a celebrity as their president, even though he won't make any actual promises. And that's kind of where the comparison stops. And we'll find a little more as we go through this. Uh, But this is a very, very different movie than I remember. Now, this is a Mike Judge flick. Uh, Mike Judge created Beavis and Butthead. He did King of the Hill, which I never really watched too much of either, but Hmm. I don't remember either of them being very political. There's an interview that that Mike Judge actually had with Alex Jones of InfoWars. (laughs) Oh, Um, Jesus Christ. uh, I don't have the actual interview. You could probably find it on YouTube, but I do have in show notes and sources the, you know, kind of some text from it. And it's interesting because Judge says that he was raised more liberal by his parents. He doesn't really consider himself to be right or left. Uh, He didn't necessarily put political themes into King of the Hill. Um, He said it was more like social social commentary yeah definitely i've seen some king of the hill and i would agree with that now do you think that there is a specific line between social and political commentary or do they kind of cross over Uh, i think they can cross over they don't necessarily yeah because like in my opinion i think you have you have social commentary that you can make and there are political things that affect that social commentary but but it's not necessarily saying, like, this policy in particular is what we're making fun of. Uh, it always seemed to be a little bit more just about the family and the immediate community uh, in, uh, in Texas, where, King of the, where the King of the Hill uh, story takes place. Yeah, yep. So with that background, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about the film. Before we do, we have oh, coming in the distance. That's right. Over 500 years in the future, thawed <laughs> out from a failed military experiment are the spoilers. This is a spoiler alert. Okay, so if you have not seen Idiocracy, don't. No, but if you have not seen <laughs> Idiocracy and you and you still don't want to have the plot spoiled, watch it first and then listen to the podcast. Uh, that being said, Ty, whenever you're ready, please give him the plot. Idiocracy. Private Joe Bowers, the definition of average American, is selected by the Pentagon to be the guinea pig for a top-secret hibernation program. Forgotten, he awakens five centuries in the future. He discovers a society so incredibly dumbed down that he's easily the most intelligent person alive. Wow, this film came out in 2006. That's even sadder. And it was uh, produced in like 2004, 2003. So think oh, about that. God. It was done in 2004. So, uh, so I mean, when you think of that, that, that timeline, it's interesting, right? Because that was shortly after 9-11. You had a lot of of, uh, of nationalism and patriotism coming out of 9-11. A lot of, you know, movies that were either, you know, propaganda or, or songs that were like pro-war and, uh, you know, and a, and a variety of other things that just kind of were all rah-rah, let's go America, let's go to the United States. However, in Idiocracy, which is created around that same time, it actually seems to be a little bit too critical of the United States. And... Uh, one of the writers in an article I linked kind of kind of notes that maybe that's why it didn't get as much popularity as it could have, or some would even argue should have. Like they, you know, it was 20th Century Fox. The movie pokes fun at Fox News and other companies that advertise with it because a lot of it is about you know corporate owned uh, America. Um, you know, but I, I was I was blown away by that 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 it waited for it waited for two years, and I do think it's possible that. In, in a world where everybody is is 
on the side of the United States, well, not everybody, but, you know, the the populace at large is on the side of the United States because it was a victim of a terror attack that we now have Mike Judge coming in and kind of giving it a kick to the nuts and saying, guess what, Amer- you know, America's <laughs> not as awesome as you think it is. And I do applaud him for that. Well, what I think is interesting is I feel like, and we've talked about this before, that no matter what side you're on, whether it's the left, the right, the middle, that you probably could use this uh, to support kind of your argument. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this guy that I used to work with is probably a Trump supporter from based on how I knew about him. And yet he thought idiocracy was great. It explained the world around him. You know, so it's just like, I feel like you can use it to support any kind of argument you want, saying that the people on the other side are the people from this film. And I I find that it's just so interesting, right? You know, because whether... Mike Judge's intention was, you know, uh, one way or the other. I think anybody can kind of make it work to their advantage. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely view this from a conservative lens and see how, yes, this is a movie that is anti-liberalism, anti-leftism, and is pro uh, my conservative views. Yeah. And um, the, I have an article in The Problems of Idiocracy uh you know, focuses on like the the underlying theme of eugenics and classism. Uh, it focuses on the problems without focusing on what created them. And I, I have a couple of quotes from this article that that I think are very important. So I'm going to read them off. One of them says, "The message is cheap and easy and doesn't require us to meaningfully challenge power, much less ourselves. Instead, we direct our disdain at the pseudo problem of not being adequately intelligent, as if such a problem operates independent of material factors." Which I think is such a nuanced way to look at it. Like, if you let's say you are one of the people who wants to be like, "Oh, this is all about Trump and people voting for Trump because they're stupid." Like, so you have to think if Trump is really the herald of idiocracy, then he must be a, a result of the system that that enabled him, that enabled this rise to power. So you should really be looking at idiocracy less as, oh, well, people who vote for these, you know, these these corrupt leaders are going to lead to the end of the world and and they're stupid, and more as what kind of systematic issues allowed this to take place because even today in 2021 we're still all let's uphold the constitution of the united states and you know i I just watched the the swearing in of, of joe biden and and that's what they say like uphold the constitution of the united states the constitution was made so long ago by people that had no idea what things were going to end up being and yet we're still adhering to it i've said it before i'll say it again Slavery is still legal in the United States Constitution. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very outdated document to to say the least. And we'll, you know what? We'll I think we'll also just cut some inaugural thoughts in here as well because it, you know, similar to how we did with the riots last last week because, you know, this this is happening and I think since it is a movie that very specifically um, is is centered around uh American ignorance or pride or nationalism whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I do think that that it's it's very applicable. Another thing that they bring up later in the article, they say, this was also seen in the left's mockery of the Tea Party, often painted as illiterate boobs, despite the fact that those identifying as Tea Party members have, on average, higher income and education levels than the population in general. While education certainly doesn't equate to intelligence, to say nothing of worldliness or wisdom, the fact that the Tea Party and Trump's voting base are actually more educated than the general voting base affirms Once again, the problem isn't intelligence, but rather toxic ideology that operates independent of Mm. people's IQ. 
As Michael Tracy notes, Trump actually won voters with postgraduate degrees in the state of Massachusetts, the crown jewel of American higher education. How many Nazis had anthropology or psychology degrees? How many were renowned physicists and musicians? Stupidity is not what created the rise of Trump, a deliberate poisoning of the discourse by the wealthy over decades combined with the left's inability offer a clear class-based alternative. So, wow. you know, I, you know that, that's, that's wordy, but I think it really does hit the nail on the head so I don't have to um, as a fourth-rate podcast host. <laughs> but, you know, but I, I, you know, I do think that that does say a lot that, you know, we constantly think that we are better than the other side. We think that the other side are savages and that we're better because we don't drive pickup trucks and 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 we have we have college educations and all this other stuff. But, you know, clearly, just as just as they have certain assumptions as to what the left is, we have certain assumptions as to what the right is that 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 aren't necessarily accurate. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really easy uh, especially for for people that don't enjoy, you know, don't like Trump or his supporters, to say they're just idiots, right? They're they're uneducated, they're morons, they're they're so easily, you know, uh, taken advantage of by him. But it's not really an accurate representation. I mean, uh, you know, it's the, the article. Yeah, that's great. That was I really like you said, it hit the nail on the head, so we didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, now there was another review, but the person who wrote it had a fedora in their profile <laughs> picture, so I refused to read it. Oh. Um, you know, I, I do think it's interesting that this movie is critiquing issues that are still applicable to now, maybe more so when we talk about climate change. Um, and, you know, when we talked about, like, Dawn of the Dead, right? Romero yeah. made that movie how long ago? And even those themes are still are still applicable today. Um, I think Romero went with horror and really subverted the political themes as as um, good filmmakers tend to do. Uh, I do think that, um, and I know this is going to be a weird comparison, but this kind of is similar to uh, Zootopia to me, Idiocracy. Because How? Zootopia, because <laughs> Zootopia was supposed to be an allegory for racism. Okay. But in trying to make it such an exact allegory, it fell apart because the idea is, oh, everyone thinks the predators are bad because they have sharp teeth and claws and they used to attack us, but now they're now they're good and we have to recognize that. So the idea would be the other isn't something we have to be afraid of in, in real life. And on the surface, that seems like a pretty nice theme. But if you really relate that movie to real life, the implication is that people of color and the other are naturally predatory and we should have been afraid of them from the in the first place and we have to civilize them so you know i think so idiocracy you know posits a world in which so joe wakes up he ends up getting the name not sure and we'll go through specific plot points but you know the, the story at large here is just that he wakes up and corporations own everything most of the half of the united states is employed by brondo who is a gatorade knockoff and um and they they have been not only employing everybody but they've also been uh they've also they bought the fda they bought the fcc that you know costco is like the size of a couple of states at this point everything is dingy and i i honestly i'll say i like the visuals of this film um, you know, they have everybody is wearing like 
sponsored t-shirts. There's those logos all over it. It's all bright and shiny. And you'd think it would be because it's the future, but there's all there's also this dingy backdrop to it. And I, th- I thought that that was actually a pretty good way to go as far as just designing the film itself and des- designing the set. Yeah, and I, and I like the idea that Brando, uh, you know, purchased all these all the government and all these major, you know, corporations and they pretty much run everything because that's kind of how the world is in real life. It's just not as obvious, you know, in, in the world of idiocracy, everyone just kind of accepted the fact that Brando did this. Um, and they've all been dumbed down so much that they just believe whatever Brando tells them and they'll never have to question it. So, I mean, I think that's like kind of the, uh, the hope of most corporations in America, right? That one day they won't even have to pretend to do it behind the scenes. They can just come right out and, you know, run everything right in your face. Yeah. Now I want to talk about that, that dumbing down because they say it's a result of stupid people overbreeding. They have, they had the trailer park guy who's having, you know, and, and they do paint it out to be funny, but it, which oh. it was back when I first saw it, but it's so fucking problematic now yeah. that I'm looking at it. Because it's a rough once again, opening. Yeah. Because once again, you like, Oh, you have the poor stupid people who are procreating why are you blaming them instead of blaming the system that allows them to keep doing that? Why isn't education more more accessible? Why isn't um, comprehensive sex education more accessible so that way people know the consequences of their action? Why isn't birth control? Why isn't contraceptive more accessible to these people? How you know, like it, it's it's naming a problem and blaming it on the individuals who are suffering from it as opposed to blaming the the circumstances that put them there. And I yeah. think that that is a very sloppy allegory, and I do think it's toxic. Um, in addition, you also have the you also have the couple who like they're you know they're they're saving up their money they're waiting till they can have a kid uh, you know and it's reasonable for them. Uh, I think they were they were also like going through um, menstrual cycles and stuff you know trying to judge when she's most fertile and everything. And this is a couple who is white. They are well to do. They are seen as the ideal candidates for procreation. Mike Judge is whether he says it intentionally or not, he's saying that those are the people this world should be filled with, the rich, white, elitist people. Yeah, yeah. Who it's can afford of, their kids. You it's know, kind of it's, what they're they're leading you to believe, right? Yeah, and that's a conservative argument though. Like that's the wild part, is that he's making an argument that says specifically, like, oh well, if you don't have a kid, you know, if you can't afford a kid, you shouldn't have it. And um I you know, I, I just think that that, that is that is rough. Now in the future, here's another part where this allegory falls apart, because in the future, I noted how a lot of the country looked very diverse. True, and true. So from so part of me was like, well, that seems accurate. Even, you know, uh, Gene Roddenberry, when he created Khan for, for the Star Trek movies, uh, you know, he wanted a man of color to play Khan because he said in the future, everybody will be a person of color. By that point, we'd have intermingled so much that there won't really be different colors. That That's the that's the idea. Mm. However, he's also saying that the majority of these people are stupid and they speak in ways that should be. And by the way, this is their word, stupid. It's it's not my word. And, um, you know, you'll get you'll get how I feel about that in a sec. But but he's saying that vernacular has now devolved into a combination of trailer park slang, urban slang, valley girl slang, like once again all of the lowest income people put together. Yeah, yep. Now, now you you lived in you lived in South Carolina, you know, you lived with people who had, who had that twang. Um and, and any anything to say about this or no? 
I mean, it, it, it's just like, like you brought up. I mean, it, it's that common idea that I think people want to be like, oh, well, they're uneducated because they sound like that. You know, like, uh, you know, they're obviously not not as bright as someone who who has a more, uh, you know, I, I don't know, a, a better vernacular, they might say. But, you know, I, I don't think that's accurate. Right. I mean, people just come from different places and they speak different ways and you can be just as intelligent and speak, you know, uh with an inner city accent or, or Southern accent and still be an intelligent human being. So, I, I mean, it's definitely a problematic and, and, you know, you, you brought up that they said these people are stupid, but uh, you know, trigger warning, they actually use oh, the word yeah. retard, right? They use retard a lot in this film, like a lot. Uh, oh. And that really took me by surprise. And I personally, so, so this is another thing too. I, you know, I am not pro ableism. I, cut my teeth in in special education. I've been working with the special needs community ever since I was 14 years old in one way or another. Like, you know, this is a big part of, uh, you know, this is a big thing to me. And, you know, obviously the R word is is, uh, a point of contention because... You know, sometimes in your own head, you you really you're like you know you were fl- you were flummoxed by the 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 stupidity of another person or or how how ridiculous a situation is, and you may use the R word. You may say this is blank, and um you know I've I've actually been guilty of it too in my own private life. And, uh, you know, and it's something that I go back and forth with the in-laws about, too, because, you know, because they use that word very often. And at first I I thought it was kind of a critique on those types of people. I thought it was the people who say the R word actually end up being what they're critiquing, you know, because there are plenty of other ways in order to say that an individual, you know, if a person literally does have a difference or, or, a, or a disability and they're not neurotypical, there's a variety of different ways you can say it. That would be a lot more accurate to describe to describe their their condition. Or if you're just if if you just want to say that somebody is is quote unquote stupid, you're the stupid person for believing that that's the word to use to to describe them. Now I thought that that what's that's what the the critique was that people who use this word are 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 less than ideal people. However, the narrator ends up using it too, and yeah. that's when I was like, oh, I I'm really giving this film way too much credit for for what it is. Um, they use they use that. Um, <laughs> they only use the N word once, and it's the only legitimate laugh that. And I'm not proud of this. It's the only legitimate laugh that came out of me was when the doctor, be, uh, not the doctor, the general or whatever, who was working with the army because he had spent so much time with this pimp and learning his life and oh, and, God. and and being part of like you know becoming a pimp himself. It, it was stupid, but that was the only legitimate laugh that that this got out of me. Yeah, I was hoping I was hoping I would get some laughs. It got nothing for me. Nothing. So another thing they do is, you know, Joe, who the main character, you know, he wakes up in the future. And again, he's a very average person from his time. Uh, in fact, they talk about how he, you know, you can either lead, follow or get out of the way. And he always gets out of the way. Like yeah, he's just a not common military doctrine, too. That's like a big thing they say. Yeah. He's like not the type of guy that's going to gonna gonna be you know the leader and he's not gonna follow orders either he's he's just very average he has no hopes of or aspirations he just wants to get his pension you know do the bare minimum you know but in the future again he's the most intelligent person alive and his 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 vernacular you know his dialogue which would be very basic for us is considered you know uh 
much different and, and you know of a higher caliber than what these people in the future are used to. And they they call it faggy. Oh, sorry, you were gonna say. No, I was gonna I say you no. were. Like, I think you were dancing around it. You're like, I don't want to say it, but yeah, they call it what, Ty? Faggy. They call it All faggy. Right. They, they refer to it several that sound times for when you run for office. Yep. There you go. Sound bites. <laughs> no, they'll be like, oh, his faggy. You know, his faggy words. They say it a lot. And, you know, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I guess, like, to me, the way I looked at it was they were saying that by sounding more intelligent, you sounded faggy. So I guess in a way they, they were actually, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a weird movie, man. It's, it's hard well, to. Uh... Well, I've, I've, I know it's, it's tough to articulate because, there, once again, it's just sloppy. I do think yeah. that he had good intentions overall. But the execution was just terrible. And what sucks is that there are some really talented performers in this film, too. There are. I mean, the, 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 the general concept I like. Like, I like the idea of it, you know, in a world that has become so dumbed down. But, like, the majority of the humor is about, you know, like, you know getting kicked in the balls and, uh, you know, like, even like Frito, right? Played by, uh, what's his name, Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard, yeah. Yeah, he, you know, he's like, blah, blah. like he literally talks. He's got marbles in his mouth, and it's it's just like not funny to me. I don't know. It just it, it didn't ever really hit, uh, you know, in the on these jokes that I think it really could have. It had such a, a great concept, and then with some strong writing, like a really strong script, they could have had a really good film. Yeah, I do think that with Joe being the way into the film, at least for the for the beginning, um, it just he's the only way into the film for us because we don't consider ourselves to be like the rest of the people in the movie. Right. So, and once again, he is just such an average guy who doesn't want to do anything. It, it is a little frustrating. Now I wanted to talk about the way that Joe speaks and how they refer to it because I actually, I, I got that right away because, you know, I remember first thing when I ever met my wife, uh, she was my girlfriend back then guys. Um, <laughs> you know, she she introduced me to her, to her father, and I, I always like to tell jokes and try and get people to laugh. Um, this isn't the man you do that with. Um, uh, you know, we're really good now, but, you know, I remember making a joke about how, like, Christian Mingle, I was always trying to work a type five, you know me, and it failed 90% of the time. You know, I said ChristianMingle.com is a bad idea because, well, God set up Adam and Eve, and that didn't work out well, so what? And, uh, and he was like, he was like, you think God, you know, you think that somebody could do better than God. And he's not even like a super religious person from what I know either. He's like fucking college kids. Aye, aye, and aye. Every time. And not just him, his mother-in-law, his daughter, maybe sometimes his wife. I don't think so. Um, but they always say, oh, you went to college, right? Like you should be smarter. Like you, you, you know you can't do this one thing. Why would, why did you bother going to college? That's it. Like there is a very consistent <laughs> idea of, and it's not just them because I've seen it all over Facebook too. And it's, Oh, you know, like you, you college educated liberals, you go to college and you think you're better. You go to college and you think, you know, so much more, blah, blah, blah. And I actually, I think we spoke about this last time too. Um, but the idea is, yeah, if you, if you seem I guess a little more elite than another person. And it may not be that you're appearing elite, just speaking the way that you're speaking. It might be something as simple, you know, you and I say we're vegan, meat eaters get fucking upset about it. Yep. You know, you and I say we went to college, maybe somebody who never got to go got, gets upset about it. And, you know, I personally don't think it takes away from anyone for not going to school. I fell for a $50,000 debt trap, you know? So, yeah. so by, all, yep. by all means, if you didn't go to school and you're not in debt, 
good for you. Who's yeah. really the smarter of the two of us? But and most of the stuff I, I've learned, I've learned after school. So, um, but but I do think that they are emanating that idea that you know, education is 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 toxic. It's not to be taken seriously. They believe that we're the indoctrinated ones, and uh, and that's what I saw at present. I want to talk about not just Frito's speech, but the majority of everybody's speech in the film because Mike Judge had a very uh, a very important choice to make here. In my opinion, he made the wrong one because he said that people have become so dumbed down that their English is is all but like inaudible. Like you really can't you really can't hear them. You can't understand them. They're you know they speak in mumbles like this, and yeah. they you know they don't speak full sentences and stuff like that. What that is, is just specifically making fun of people who have intellectual disabilities. Yeah, it's kind of what it felt like. I agree. It definitely felt like that. And, you know, it harkens back to the, you know, the, the third rate comedy of Carlos Mencia, right? Remember when he was big and he, you know, he had that whole thing that he did yep. in his shows and people thought it was funny to be like, listen, uh, like I may not actually call someone with a disability the R word, but if I think that you're stupid, I'm going to call you the R word. I'm going to call you a did did I'm going to say that you're special need, even saying, oh, that person is special needs right there is, fu- is, is fucked up. It's, you know, like, and and they do mention in one of the articles here how IQ does not necessarily, like, it's kind of a dated concept having an IQ. You know, just having potential doesn't necessarily make you more or less educated. Stupid people creating you doesn't make you more or less educated. Okay? I come from two mentally ill uh, parents, one of them who, you know, who uh, I think, I don't think she graduated high school the first time. I think my mom got her, got her GED shortly after. And... um and and the other was the least political, least aware man I've I've ever known in my life. And you know, and also uh, my father is a second language learner too. Like so, so he learned English as a second language, meaning that I knew words and how they were actually pronounced that he didn't know how they were pronounced. He had just read them before. Now, does uh, that make him a fucking idiot and me a genius? No, no, no not it doesn't. At all. It's literally just about your your experiences. So I think the better choice would have been to have people who. And you know what? You could even have them speak more eloquently than he does. Like Ben Shapiro doesn't speak like an idiot, but he says stupid shit. Right? True. Like, true. Maybe have, maybe they could have just said words I didn't understand. Like they would have just been saying all these like really difficult words, but none of them actually understood what any of it meant. Yeah, I mean, you could also. <laughs> there's so many other great ways to do this. You could have them saying words like like you know Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, where they come up with their own you know modern urban vernacular. And Joe wouldn't understand what that meant. He might think they're stupid because he can't understand it. But guess what? Guess what? He's the odd one out. Yeah, so what does that yep. say? Like, yep. you know, it's, uh, you know, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to go through my notes and see if, uh, see if there's, there's anything important to be had. Once again, I thought that the corporate owned everything was a great idea. Even the doctor's scrubs have logos all over them. Right, right. They, they ran out of places to put the garbage, right? Wound up causing like garbage avalanches and it just showed, you know, how destructive we are to the planet as everything's just covered in garbage now. So, so yeah, that's, that's another thing which kind of relates to our, our current political climate also. That in this future, they have subbed out water for Gatorade in almost all facets of life. The only place they haven't subbed out water for Gatorade 
is in toilets. Yep. And they only know water as the as the toilet liquid. Meanwhile, they all their crops have been dying. The environment is terrible. And they, because they haven't fed water to their crops, they've only fed Gatorade. They've only fed Brondo to it. Right. And, um, you know, Joe's plan is, once again, the most average guy is like, I don't know a lot about gardening, but I'm pretty sure if you use water, then the plants will grow. And because, you know, this, this is America. Everybody wants stuff right away. Because in seven days, crops haven't grown. They are ready to... They're ready to crucify Joe. They're, you know, they're ready. They're all in favor of capital punishment, which, you know, once again, that's a that's another commentary on society that that we have. On, and I don't want to just say today because this thing was written and came out so long ago. It's just a commentary on the United States. Yeah, it is. It really is. I, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, so there is a climate issue because they haven't been paying attention to it. We have people who have been paying attention more to, toward the image of the United States. Is America winning? And I think we see that today too. Uh, yeah. you know, they worry more about, you know, oh, did the president and, you know, the former president, I guess I should say now, you know, did he do or say something cool? That's what matters. Not the fact that 400,000 people have been fucking killed by a virus that he downplayed from the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they and of course, the president in this is played by Terry Crews and um, crap. I don't have his full name. President Camacho. President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Uh, a lot of people do have names after franchises too. Dax Shepard's character is Frito. Um, I could really only bring up two people right now, but you get it. Uh, it's, it's in the movie. Trust me. Um, and he's been he's been elected to be the president of the United States pretty much because he uh, because he was a porn star and a professional wrestler. And his celebrity is what got him that role. Yes. Uh, you know, I think that's a very clear comparison to where we were at with the 45th president of the United States, that his celebrity and his platitudes are more what got him elected than uh than his actual plans for policy or his experience in politics. And um, it's not too different from the 46th president either. You know, like, he does have a career in politics, but his celebrity comes from being Obama's right-hand man, being his wingman. And, you know... Uh, Uncle it, Joe. Yeah, I exactly. You know, he called a bunch of people during the inauguration. He said, folks, instead of saying my fellow Americans. <laughs> like, I guess he was trying to be more like, you know, like fireside chat. But I don't know. I feel like we had someone who was too casual already. Whatever. And nothing, nothing he does is going to be good enough. I will, I will be in, insufferable as I constantly critique the president. <laughs> um, and between that and those of you who are licking his boot, hopefully we'll find a good middle ground of yeah, people yeah. who can hold him accountable and still be and still be grateful that he isn't Trump. You know, we'll here see. you go. So one one thing that I did find kind of uh, troublesome in this film as well was kind of their their attitude towards uh, sex work and women in general. Way was, to go. Let me have it. Yeah, There was a lot of moments. Well, so Rita, right, who's one of the main characters, she is from Joe's time. She's one of the, the two people, along with Joe, who, who gets frozen and wakes up, you know, in the future. And she was a prostitute. Um, they get they try to get a ton of jokes out of that, right? You know, Joe a thinks lot, she's an yeah. artist. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, and she, you know, she has a very specific way of talking as well. Um, 
But you know, we'll conveniently she, in a bit. she she is you know obviously more intelligent than a lot of the people in the future, just like Joe. Uh, but there's just so many comments of where you know people are trying to um, pay her for sex. You know, and again, she's a sex worker. But then later on, uh, there's a moment where Joe and her are talking in the bushes and and like the I guess it's like the Secret Service or like is she putting out? You know, she's not putting out. Should we make her put out? You know, and I thought that I was just like whoa. You know what I mean? Like they're basically talking about forcing her to have sex with Joe. If she won't do it, and that they make a lot of jokes like that throughout the film, you know, a lot of times they're talking about like, oh, you think we could all like take a turn with you, or you know, they all they all do that, and it's you know, it's supposed to be funny, but it's really just kind of offensive. Well, I actually found it to be weirdly progressive, and here's how. Okay. By forcing they her respect, to have sex with people, yes, totally progressive. They respect, they respect her consent. Every time they say, can we have sex? She says, no. They go, all right. And they just do that. There's one guy who keeps paying her over and over again for sex that she's going, that she owes him. She's like, I'll get you tomorrow. I'll get you tomorrow. And, uh, and she's like, no, just come back tomorrow. And he's like, man, all right. Uh, just wait till you get it tomorrow. Like she, you know, I, I, I completely agree that there's a lot of problematic stuff with just saying that with, with her being a sex worker is the punchline. The punchline really would have, would have paid off had it been, the clients are 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 the punchline. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, yep. you know, which they kind of they were, kind but just of do. not because they were clients seeking a sex worker. Which I, you know, I've I've paid for OnlyFans. You know, it's not a fucking problem. But um, but you know, I think that the the clients were just funny, quote unquote. You know, based in the writer's head and the creator's head, just because. You know, they they were, quote unquote, stupid like everybody else. And that yeah. even a prostitute could make, you know, could 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 capitalize on them. That, you know, I think once again, like if this is Mike Judge's view of the world, like Rita shouldn't have procreated. She's one of those people who wasn't rich or white or contributing right, to society right. like she shouldn't have procreated. And yet here she is in the future, you know, really rising above her station. She you know, she she gets a place in the government, you know, kind of through through Joe. Um, you know, she, she's using her street smarts to make fun of people. So like, it, it's interesting how unbeknownst to himself, I think Mike judge is kind of pointing out his own flaws right. because Rita is, is one of the smarter, the, one of the smarter characters in the film based on the experience she's had, not the education that she had, that she hasn't had. Right, right, right. I guess my, my issue was really where, you know, like you said that the one guy asks her, for for you know uh for for sex and she keeps saying you know wait till tomorrow but later on the whole cabinet asks joe if they can have sex with her and which is a problem yeah yeah you know and joe's like oh not right now you know like he's just like we're we're, uh we got stuff to do we got to save these crops and like it was just kind of like oh they're like she's not putting out she's not putting out you know and and they're all doing their funny little voices and it's supposed to be hilarious and just not it's just not funny at all yeah so they're only so they're only accepting her no because it's coming from Joe is what you're saying and that's yes. the problem. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I totally see that. Um and speaking of of their of their voices, I'm not sure if I really uh stretched this out or or, or uh, expounded upon it when I spoke about it earlier, but the idea that the majority of people in the future are people of color and that those are also the stupid people, that's another problem right there. Yeah. That yes, there would be a majority of people of color in the in in the in the future based on intermingling, but um, you know, the, the fact is, is that they are stupid along with everybody else. Um, you know, and the, the cops, they didn't really change them either. I think that that's a huge problem. 
Uh, you know, you have the cops who are just throwing cool logos on their cars, spray, you know, uh, pepper spraying people for no reason. And, you know, the justice system is providing no due process to anybody. They didn't really change anything. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this movie would have been a lot different had Joe's character been black. I think it really could have said a lot more that way. Hmm. Um, you know, when we talk, well, when we talk about like social, social commentary being political commentary, but may- maybe not necessarily the other way around, uh, you know, Joe is reborn into a world where he was literally born from, you know, from like a trash heap. He He's, he's given absolutely nothing. He's thrown into court as soon as he, as soon as he gets out and, you know, isn't given a chance to defend himself. Even when he is, nobody believes him because his words are too long or too big or whatever, whatever you might say. And, um, and I think that if you do have a black person going through all this saying, guess what? It's 500 years in the future. A bunch of people look like me and we still can't overcome. I still have to worry about the justice system treating me unfairly. Like, you know, I, I think that there is something to be said, but in just making it um, Luke Wilson and nothing against his delivery as the straight man in this film, nothing against any of the acting in this film. I really do think it it is just the, the writing and the overall theme. Yeah. That I mean, it kind of plays to his strength as an actor. He is usually kind of the straight he man, you know. He doesn't really do much. Guy, yeah, that's true. Um, in a in a in an auto in a, in a in a biopic about James Caputo, does Luke Wilson play him? Oh God! <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Okay, yes. <laughs> it's just holy. I got shit. a lot of I got a lot of his vibes uh, coming off of Luke Wilson in this movie. Oh my God, that's perfect. <laughs> That's the casting. <laughs> so there's a moment where the White House gets attacked. And I think that was a big moment that people were talking about um, with idiocracy, right? They, uh, they start storming the White House, trying to climb over the gates because Brondo is now like gone bankrupt and everyone's That's lost right, their jobs. That's right, because the economy has been ruined, yeah. Yeah, and you know they all want to they all want to kill um, Joe. They all want to come for Joe because he's the one that so they should switch to water. Yeah, not the president who put him in place to make that decision. No. And put in place a bunch of other unqualified people in his cabinet through nepotism and other stuff. Sorry, continue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they want to kill Joe, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, which very, very you know, very similar to now. Um, but uh, you know, but also I I did find it interesting that there are so many people who are mad at this guy for trying to help them. He says later on, he's like, you know, do you really want to live in the world where you live in a world where you try to blow up the one person who wants to help you? Like, yes, the economy tanked, not because of him. It tanked because you allowed corporations to gain so much control. Yeah. That's, that's why the economy tanked. It wasn't because of Joe. And guess what? In the long run, everyone's going to be better off for this because they don't really, I mean, they kind of go into it. There are a lot of subtleties. If you watch this movie, you get, whether you fucking hate it or love it, I do think I do think everybody should watch this movie. I, now I'm, I've I've made a complete 180. You have to witness whatever the fuck this is, <laughs> and you'll get one little thing out of it. But you know they even have Carl's Jr. vending machines that are charging people and putting their kids into the system if they can't feed them. And right, yeah. You know we we see that nobody is eating nutritiously either. If they have crops, I think people start eating better and people start living better quality lives. And um, I do think it, an, another really important thing to talk about with this movie is that Joe's character, his entire story is about going back in time. He's told there's a time machine that he can go back in time and he'll change everything to make sure the world doesn't end up that way. But in the end, it turns out that 
that time machine actually wasn't real. It was just a theme park ride full of revisionist history that led to uh, the, the, the world being the way it was. Not dissimilar from the revisionist history that's led to the world the way it is now. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, the world is great now. Biden's president, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, this, this still fucking sucks. Like, you'll be surprised yeah. how much of those same problems we still have under a Democratic president. Because of our revisionist history that's led us to believe that the United States is the is the best country in the entire world, despite it being so young and really haven't had uh, figured out as much as we'd like to think it did. Um Anyway, Joe is thinking that he can go back and change everything, but he does find that the way is actually to learn to work with your fellow people and look forward toward building a better future together. Instead of thinking, I'm better, and, and I am really taking a lot of liberties in interpreting the theme of this film. I understand that. But Joe is able to overcome at the end by by thinking, oh, wow, I'm not better than these people. And same thing with Rita, too. She's she's able to to employ Frito to go and show everybody the crops. Well, she decides early on that she's going to stay, right? Even when they think there's a time machine still. She's willing to stay while Joe's going to go. Which says a lot, too, because it must tell you that despite the world being, quote unquote, a better place 500 years ago, that and I'm being loose with the numbers. I don't remember the exact <laughs> uh, 500 years ago that she would still rather live in the future where she actually has a chance that Joe would like to go to the past because as an average white man, life was still so much better. And maybe this was intentional by Mike Judge. This is so confusing for me to fucking tell because there's such great points that, and I'm not sure if they're in the film or if you and I are really just digging for them. I couldn't tell you. But I I will tell you, if I had the option of getting in a time machine or staying there, I would get in a fucking time machine. I mean, that's fair, but also you could be a king. You could. But but also, like, there comes a point where they don't let him manipulate them anymore. Yeah. And... And that's saying something, too, that the promise of money to which, by the way, money has been overinflated to the point that it takes thousands of dollars to operate a payphone right now, um, because once again, it makes you know, money is imaginary. Uh, well, I don't know why I'm saying once again, uh, I've never said this on the podcast, but money is imaginary. We are trading time for digital numbers that appear in our accounts. Like and as soon as we need more of it, we just print up more and put it into Wall Street. Right. Like money is always there. It's it's just another commodity that that whatever um it's because of commodifying people's time and labor that that it's become such a big deal but yeah um but you know we do see that joe tries to manipulate frito and saying oh well if you get me to the time machine uh if you get me to the time machine i'll you know i'll go back i'll put a savings account for you and and you'll get 80 billion dollars and blah 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 and he's like oh i like money like i i i do see that very similar to and I, at first, that was going to be sloppy, and I was going to say that's just like how Trump manipulated poorly educated people. But we we heard earlier in the article I quoted that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And if anything, if you do want to make a comparison, I would relate it to hey Georgians, if you can find all the votes we need to get Democrats elected, <laughs> then you get two thousand dollar checks. <laughs> Minus and the six hundred after jo- you win. Yeah, yeah. After you get six hundred, you get fourteen hundred. Six hundred from the previous presidency, fourteen hundred from now. We're square. Don't worry about it. The guy's name is also Joe, isn't it? Mm. A remarkably average man who has failed up every step of the way. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting you brought that up too, though, because Frito, it turns out, was also playing them, right? Like he yes, knew there was does. no actual time machine. He just wanted the money. Even though it doesn't make any sense because he wouldn't be able to get the money, but uh, you know he he also was playing along to try and take advantage of Joe. Now we didn't talk about how Frito was a lawyer, also. 
Um, yeah, who's supposedly? Lawyer. Yeah, he was a lawyer who supposedly got his degree from Costco, and and so I was thinking about that too. Like, is it to say that we shouldn't trust the justice system because at in the at the end of the day they will just put people there and people are flawed? Is it to say that anybody can get a degree? And once again, we're 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 um we're vilifying education. You know, or is it to say that stupid people don't deserve degrees? Which is to say that, you know, if you are, quote unquote, a person, who, you know, if you're a stupid person who doesn't have access to that stuff, you shouldn't have access at all. The idea is very because the theme, one of the themes of the film that I know for a fact is a theme is that you really shouldn't accept yourself as you are. You should always try and rise above your station and always try and be an individual because Joe says it's people like me that led to the world becoming this way. It's people who are just fine with the with the status quo, which I think is for hmm. the movie it appears in. I think it's a very powerful message. Yeah. Well, he does rise above, right? He becomes president. So here's that. Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. By 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 getting uh, by getting the crops to grow and and applying just, you know, a little bit of what he knew of the world beforehand. Now, can we go back to Maya Rudolph real quick? Because she plays Rita and um, and. She is really playing up the abonics here. She's playing up that that black talk, um, which I I kind of felt it was problematic. And then I looked at her her background because she has played Kamala Harris on SNL multiple times. <laughs> she is she's half black and half Ashkenazi Jew, um, b- based on her parents' ethnicities and, and faith. And I I I haven't really reached you know if she's she's black, and unlike other podcasts, we won't talk about. The, the authenticity of some black people or how black they are. Um, <laughs> you know, she's, she's definitely black. If I'm Latino, she's black. And, um, you know, do you think it's, do you think it's a problem for her to have that, you know, the, for her to really be playing up the abonics or, you know, is it, you know, like I, I do like, you know, I'll do like a, you know, a West, West coast, you know, Vato voice all the time. And I think it's hilarious. Like, is it hurting anybody? Is it not? White man, tell me please how you yeah, feel about it. Yeah, let me let me explain to you uh, why this may or may not be offensive. Now, give me your uh, white knowledge. Type. I mean, I don't know. I was trying to I was trying to figure out if they were using it for a joke or not, and I think so. I think they were too. So I think that's why it's a problem. I don't think there's a problem with her talking like that, but when they're using it to to be funny, then it is. You know, because they're they're making fun of someone like her uh, who talks like her. You know, and and that that's obviously an issue. And I know we're going back and forth a lot with this, but just as unorganized as this film is, so will we. So too will we be. Um, Joe ends up also having to manipulate the entire cabinet by using emotions instead of facts, which I I found to be uh, I found to be uh, spot on because he tells them water will help the plants grow and they don't believe him no matter how many facts he throws at them and you think of like debates right when you think of the presidential debates where it was a lot of some you know one person say, and I'll, you know Trump being like he'll say something that was incredibly wrong and then the other person is trying to disprove them and they end up saying nothing they're just using lots of words to say why you were wrong and they seem they seem to be flummoxed and now you've won you know so yeah so joe joe really does embody that in this and he literally goes to the plant and he says that he can talk to them and that the plant says it would prefer water instead of Rondo. that's the only way um you know which you know if 
if you do want to read into that, it would be similar to, you know, to like the idea of when does life begin at conception when it's a seed or when it sprouts and it's an actual plant. Like, you know, there's and I think the problem also lying in this film is that there's so much room for interpretation that, you know, like you said, I could be an alt-right Nazi and be like, yeah, liberalism is a mental disease and it's taken over the country in this movie and I have to stop it. I think that that's a very real message that somebody could get out of this. Yeah, I agree. I definitely could see that. Did you did you notice that when Frida was watching TV, uh, the actual show is like a small screen in the middle of like twenty ads? Yes, I I did know that, and I, I did know that. I did notice that, and um, like that right there, I thought was was also spot on. You know, we talk about how people are too over entertained to care about where they are in life. Yeah, and you know, I think we all fall prey to that. Even you know, even me. You know, I try to distract myself. Video games, movies. I'm on my phone on social media. Not as often recently, but you know, I, I it has happened a lot, and um, you know, I, I've been that guy and. Uh, did you did you interpret that as something different, or was it more just about consumerism for you? Oh yeah, definitely. Just it's consumerism. Yeah, that uh, that I mean, we even see it with you know with YouTube too, right? Like obviously, listen, people got to make money, and independent content creators have to make money. And you know, at some point, if if an advertiser wants to be on this show, and I agree with their you know with their message, I'll probably I'll probably let them advertise on the show too. Don't don't get me wrong, but like you do see that like that that the the progression of something like YouTube, which was just, all right, videos went to being, all right, an ad before the videos. All right, now, if the video is a certain length, there's ads right in the middle of it. And sometimes I watch very long YouTube videos while I listen to them more more accurately. And they, like, there will be literally, Ty, 20 ads in the middle of the video. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so Mike Judge might have <laughs> kind of predicted that. I think he yeah. was also, you know, with the Ow My Balls show, he was making a commentary on, on Jackass and how reality TV was so popular back then and people considered it entertainment despite the fact that it really doesn't have a lot of art or nuance to it. And, um, you know, I think that's that's something we definitely see here. Now, that being said, I do think reality TV is entertainment because it's not real and that there is a lot of fake stuff that happens behind oh, the scenes. Oh, so, so fake. Yeah. But, I mean, you've worked on reality shows. I have, so, yeah. So, you it's, know. it's totally scripted. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> they also mention at the end, and this is their word, not mine, that a former whore becomes the first lady as Rita and Joe get together. And, um, you know, I I... Did not make this parallel, but I know a lot of liberals probably would that, oh, Melania is a whore. She became the first lady. It's very similar. Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, did you watch the post credits, by the way? <laughs> that, that was actually the funniest part of the whole movie, I think. Get the fuck out of here. That's <laughs> what happened to the post credits, Ty. Uh, upgrade. Rita's pimp, who she keeps talking about how. He's going to find her and, and you know, he's going to come get the money she owes him. Even uh, 500 years later, he'll always <laughs> he, he wakes up from from one of the same kind of like uh, boxes they woke up in and he, he comes looking for her to get his money. <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. But uh, you know what? They, they talked about it so much. I'm glad they finally pulled the trigger and had him come back. That honestly was such a good payoff. Like now that you mention it, that is that's probably the best writing in the whole movie. That mm-hmm. it was dropped so many times throughout the film. Upgrade with two D's for a double dose of that pimpin. That's yep. the end of his name. Because Joe's like he, he's, he's gone. He's dead. There's no way he's coming back. You know, and they you keep waiting for it and he never appears. So you're like, oh okay, I guess they're not going to do anything with that joke. 
Now, I'll, I'll close out with this. And I, I told you off, Mike, this reminded me of Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman, in which there's one story in that run where Superman is stuck in Bizarro World. Instead of a sphere, their Earth is a cube. Instead of, you know, having a Superman that is, quote-unquote, you know, smart and handsome, they have one who's dumb and ugly, and, and he breathes fire instead of cold air, and he shoots ice out of his eyes instead of heat vision, and um, everything in this world is backwards, including the way these people speak. If they, you know, instead of saying, I am sad, they will say, me am happy, or something like that. And... I remember in the story, I don't remember who it was, but there's another guy who's stuck in Bizarro World with Superman, and he's saying, all of these people are so dumb, and their planet is about to end, because I think instead of the Big Bang, they had the opposite. Like, it, the world was going to end with a Big Bang instead of beginning with one. And and he tells Superman, you know, uh, like, you're better than these people, you have to find a way out of here, blah, 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 but Superman decides, well, let me talk by these people. Uh, uh, let me talk like these people. Let me get to know them. Let me let me see who they are. And in the end, they're actually all able to work together to help put Superman on a rocket. He doesn't have his powers in this bizarre world, I don't think. They put him on a rocket and send him out of bizarre world. And I think that 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 22-page issue of comic books sums up what this movie fell ass backwards into through 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 feature length. And in my opinion, this movie fell ass backwards into the point and it says that by accepting your fellow person as somebody in need instead of judging them and claiming that one of you is superior, that you are able to to make progress together. And that, you know, Joe, he wears their clothes at the end of the movie. He does their salute, which is two middle fingers. Yep. You know, I like that part of it. I think that that's great. Uh, I, I think that that Joe kind of represents, you know, the person who I think because he was so average, he was able to work alongside these people a little bit better instead of saying, I'm so far ahead of you that right. there's no way. You know, I think that. Um, I think that it shows that we have to accept where we are now and move forward from there. And I'm not trying to do the whole like, oh, well, you know, let it go. Slavery happened this long ago or this happened that long ago. I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm not saying any of that. I think you need to know history in order to change today and in order to change the future. But I, th I think that regardless of whatever led us here, you kind of got to accept it. You got to accept that. This many millions of people, you know, voted for for the guy, you, the orange man you didn't like, who's no longer in office, and that you you got to find a way to to move forward because it sure as hell isn't putting a Biden flag on your pickup truck. Yeah, you know, yeah. you cannot become the same cult of personality that the other side became. You know, then it's 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 just back and forth. It's just red and blue, but they're still the same the same person. You know, like they're still the same radical who cares more about image and personality than they do about their their common person what, what do, do you think that that i'm i'm close to it or i, th I, I think so i mean what, what do you think and i think by joe doing that he actually kind of improved who he was as a person because he like like i said earlier he was always the guy who got out of the way and now he's the guy that's leading so it, it, it finally kind of gave him the push he needed to uh be better a better version of himself and I think by working alongside these people, he was able to kind of find some happiness and, and find the purpose in life that he had been missing. To follow up on that, you also see this average guy who the best he could have hoped for was 
getting his pension after eight years of working in a basement at a desk, which he was totally content with doing. Mm -hmm. And yet in this other world where he decides to realize his potential, where he decides, because it could have been very easy for him to be like, fuck you guys. If you're not going to help me, then I'll do everything myself. He could have manipulated them all into nuking each other. Like he could have done so many things, but in a world where you recognize that regardless of how quote unquote stupid you think someone is, they're facing the same existential threats as you are. Right. That you that the two of you together or more can 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 help make a better a better country, if not a better a better world for everybody. Um that's not I don't think that's Mike Judge's message. It might be. I haven't watched enough of King of the Hill or Beavis and Butthead to know, honestly. And for right now, this could be us shitting on a creator who people love. Um, you know, he could he could be just that. You know, I think he he has a very libertarian uh, mindset that's that's present in this film, even though he doesn't say it in that interview I mentioned with Alex Jones. Um, I think that he meant well, but this is this is sloppy and it might be better that it didn't get that widespread national release because like you said this can very easily be used to radicalize the wrong people and have them you know prey on or victimize those who they consider to be undesirables which in this movie is people of color who don't speak like you do right you know so it's it's sloppy. It's it's sloppy execution. I think I think his heart was in the right place, but I always give people benefit of the doubt, you know. Um, but but it, it was definitely a sloppy execution. Any final thoughts on it? Or I'm blown away by the reviews. Are actually pretty good for this movie. Are you serious? What are some? <laughs> what are? Can, read like two reviews. I, I'm just curious. Let me show you. Uh, <laughs> all right. So on IMDb, I'm looking at the meta score. It's a 66, which is in the green. It's pretty damn good. Um, the AV club said there's a good chance that judge smartly lowbrow idiocracy will be mistaken for what it's uh, satirizing, uh, satirizing. Thank you. Uh, but good satire satirizing. always runs the risk of being misunderestimated. Um, I'm sorry. Wait, what was that word they said? Of being misunderestimated. I'm fucking done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Film threats that it elicits so many laughs, in fact, that you have to wonder just what Judge did to piss off the suits at Fox so much that they would willingly torpedo one of the only genuinely hilarious movies to come out this year. You uh, know what? <laughs> I, I do think you have to take that into account of when it did come out. When probably, I, I don't know, part of me wants to say it was okay to say those things back then. Right. But I was 12 back then, and that's probably why I thought that, you know? But I mean, I, granted, like, you know, you, you do have to think about the times, right? There's plenty of movies that came out in the 60s or 70s that where they could say and do things that don't hold up today. So I guess, you know, even this is 2006, 14 years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, it came back into the zeitgeist four years ago so it would be between what 2006 and 20 so 10 years right yeah yep we should make this a segment by the way read a couple of reviews at the end of the episode of the movie they, oh, do, that, they do that in uh how did this get made you know i have i have a i have a five star and a one star from amazon and i'll leave it at that <laughs> from dfus five star review Long ago, our daughter loaned her DVD to us. She took hers back, so we needed to buy our own. We laughed out loud when we first watched this movie. But lately, we have seen some parallels between the movie and current events. 
is this becoming a documentary? Winky face. <laughs> oh my god, look at you. And the one star. Don't buy these here. Don't buy these here. Don't buy these here. All caps. Let's see. That's three, six, nine, twelve. 15, 18 exclamation points throughout that entire sentence. I bought four copies of this DVD based on the low add-on price. Well, I now know why it was so cheap. You get to watch four previews and about four minutes of the movie before it stops and starts over at the beginning of the movie. It will loop like that forever. I originally bought extra copies to give away as gifts, but I unwrapped all of them to see if they had the same problem. Yes, they are all defective. No scratches or damage to the disc. They just don't play correctly. So you heard it here, folks. If you think that this movie... Is, oh, this is in June 24th, 2016, by the way, that this person said that. So it was probably um, a liberal uh, on the... On the <laughs> it was probably a liberal who said, this is becoming a documentary. And the other person, a legitimate critical review of purchasing it, did not... So if you guys want to watch it, uh, don't purchase the DVD from Amazon because... It just might loop over again after four minutes of, of going through the film. But it is available on HBO Max for free right now. It is. So. A, well, what's. It's available on HBO Max for the subscription price of HBO Max. Yeah, but I feel like most people have HBO Max now. Or at least if you have HBO, you can get HBO Max. Oh, all right. Or just go. steal it from somebody else. They steal it from my parents. They got paid for fucking HBO? Come on. <laughs> and that, that being said, those are my final thoughts on the film. No scratches or damage to the disc. They just don't play correctly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, man. I should get some contact info up, right? I, I usually do that? Yeah, yeah, do that. All right, I'll do that. Um, man, what a, what a film. And I'm glad we did watch it, though, because, you know, last week I was like, you know what, let's watch this because it's just like the world today. Every, people like Trump, so they're stupid and we're smart, and that's what idiocracy is. And... Um, through better for better or worse i think we found a lot more nuance in the film yes whether it was intentional or not we whether found it was it. intentional and or not. i've been wanting to see this movie for many years and uh i've seen it so there you go you finally have an excuse that's right all right so um in the meantime in between time uh please make sure that you rate and review us whenever you get the chance it really helps out as far as getting us listenership uh five star reviews on itunes are, are great last week we had a great one from jazzcam 89 if you leave us a five star review we'll read yours on the air as well uh you can find us on twitter at politipop pod you can find us on instagram at politipop podcast you can find us you can email us at politipopcast at gmail.com you can find our show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com and uh, also, head to YouTube. You can uh, subscribe to our page there, like our videos, uh, hit that alert bell so you never miss a new one. We have outtakes and our regular podcast episodes on there as well. Uh, so special thanks to all of you for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, this listenership has grown quite a bit since we started the podcast back up. And um, I believe that we are on track. No, we're not on track. We've officially beaten our all-time high of, of monthly downloads in the middle of this, well, toward the end of this month Woo. after after switching to the new hosting platform. So thank you so much. Thanks, uh, to, everybody. To, to everybody who is involved in that. Um, and also, thank you to Antonia Chava for logo design. If any of you work in production, uh, music production, that is, and want to throw some some possible theme songs our way, we're open to some new ones as, you know, as we ramp up the quality of the, of, of the pod. Uh, thank you so much for listening again. For the Politipop Podcast, I have been Mike Booch. I have been Ty. 
Remember, no matter what you're reading, no matter what you're watching, especially if it's fucking idiocracy, because you're going to have to, uh, <laughs> no matter what you're playing, never stop thinking, never stop learning, and always remember to read between the lines. I am seen. I love it.